Let us pray. God, we thank you for the passage of scripture that has been read to us. We pray that you would speak to us through the experience of the disciples, through their meeting of the risen Jesus, that in that we would find the strength that we need for the moment that we are in right now. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to imagine that you had the opportunity to meet directly with the risen Jesus. So I, I don't mean a vision. I don't mean a dream. I mean Jesus physically coming into your house, into the room that you are, and having a conversation with you. In anticipation of that, what would be going through your mind? I would suspect that you would be preparing yourself to listen to what he's about to say. That you wouldn't take this as just another experience, another thing that just happens to take place. I doubt that you would be going through your phone, uh, checking Facebook or texting friends while Jesus was speaking to you. Uh, I don't think that you would be doing your housework. You would be giving Jesus your undivided attention. You would want to hear, especially those very first words that he would speak to you. In fact, you might want to write down those words. You might even want to record them in some way because this is so important. This is the risen Jesus speaking directly to you. Well, what is only imagination to us was reality to a group of disciples 2,000 years ago. They had Jesus come to them and speak to them. And the words that Jesus spoke to them were, Peace be with you. Now, we want to know, what did Jesus mean by that? Did he use that simply as a, a polite greeting, the way we might go up to someone and say, how are you? Now, normally, when we say, how are you, to a person, we're not actually asking for a summary of their current quality of life. We're just being polite. We're just saying, how are you, as in, hello. And we might be even taken off guard if they begin to give us that detailed explanation. Maybe Jesus is just doing that. Maybe he's just saying hello. Or maybe he's saying something more. That's what we're going to take a look at in the next few moments. We need to situate ourselves. Uh, there had been rumors that Jesus had been risen from the dead. The women had claimed to have heard a message from angels that Jesus was alive. And then things got really serious because uh, Peter had a experience of Jesus. It's not recorded for us in Luke, but we're told that it happened. And then there were the two disciples on the road to Emmaus who also saw the risen Jesus. Now it was time for Jesus to appear to the rest of the eleven. Jesus comes to them, and his first words to them were, Peace be with you. Now, I don't think this was just a greeting because Jesus was never wasteful with his words. He always chose his words very carefully. And so he's saying something special to them, something that they need to hear right at that moment. But 
why did they need to hear that? Well, their immediate need is the fact that they're scared. They are seeing this man who had just been dead. Now, we just kind of take it for granted that the beauty of these resurrection appearances, but imagine uh, someone close to you that you know for a fact has died, and then a couple of days later, they show up at your house. Uh, you're probably not going to uh, just say, hey, come on in, great to see you. You're going to be scared. Like, what is going on here? Is this a ghost? In fact, that's really what they think. They actually think that Jesus is, and pardon the expression, that he is a holy ghost. That's really what they think is going on here. And perhaps what Jesus is doing here by saying, peace be with you, is, okay, guys, calm down, all right? Don't panic. Uh, it's okay. I am not a ghost. In fact, we, we know that because uh, Jesus takes the, the time there to demonstrate to them that he is not just a spirit, but that he has physically risen from the dead. In fact, uh, it's an amazing thing because he uh, he asks for something to eat. And so he eats some broiled fish and he demonstrates to them that he is not a ghost, he's not a spirit, but he is a, a physical being. And uh, this is sort of a side point, but this is really important for us in that we're told in the scriptures, specifically in the New Testament, that Jesus's resurrection body is what our resurrection bodies will be like on the day of resurrection. And so we're not going to be these disembodied spirits. We're going to have something that is solid and physical, something that we can still eat, which is an amazing thing. We probably don't think about eating in the afterlife, but that seems to be what is going to be the case. So that is something that is really important. So is that all that Jesus wants to say to them? That, you know, don't don't panic. Uh, everything's okay. I'm really alive. I'm not a spirit. Well, that might be a little part of it, but I don't think that that is the whole story because peace is something that is very important in the Gospel of Luke. In fact, the word peace appears in Luke more than twice as much as all of the other Gospels combined. That's how important the concept of peace is in Luke. And so something special is going on here, something very important. And I want to ask you, first of all, what does the peaceful life look like? What image comes to mind? It might be sitting on a deck, relaxing at a cottage by the lake, uh, away from all of civilization, not hearing the sound of any machines or cars, uh, simply hearing the sounds of nature. That sounds beautiful to me. That sounds peaceful. But that's not really the biblical concept of peace. The biblical concept of peace is shalom, which means more of wholeness than quietness. And so let's imagine what that looks like in the experience of the apostles. Jesus is wishing peace upon them. And yet, what does their life look like in the days, the weeks, the months, and the years from this event? Was it a nice, quiet ministry, uh, sitting in a monastery, praying and worshiping without any problems in the world? That is not what their life was like at all. 
Uh, it was a life of difficulty. It was a life of persecution. It was a life of prejudice, of hatred, and ultimately a life that ended in martyrdom. That's what happened to the disciples. And yet they still received peace. It was peace not in the sense of uh, life circumstances would be easy, but it was peace based in the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus changed everything. That was the strength that enabled them to get through all of those difficult circumstances in their life. It makes me think of uh, the Apostle Paul and words that he wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 as he was reflecting upon the resurrection. He actually quotes from the Old Testament here, but he mocks the power of death. Listen to these words. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? You see that Paul is actually making fun of death because death has become powerless. It's become powerless because of the resurrection of Jesus. It is the resurrection of Jesus that gives us peace. Now, I want to ask, has our life gotten easier or more difficult today compared to 2,000 years ago and the life of the disciples? Well, it's true that we have a lot of technological advances, uh, a lot of medical advances, and so there are diseases that have been cured, and there's uh, the medical treatment that's available to us is so much better than it was back then. But life is pretty complicated. Now, because of our technology, we are connected with every other part of the world. I want you to uh, think, what would happen if a, uh, a plague had happened in the Wuhan uh, province of China 2,000 years ago? How would that affect the people who were living then in North America? Not at all. They would have no idea. They probably don't even know that there's a place called China. So they are not going to be worried about that at all. It probably, if there was a disease that was spreading out across China, uh, it probably wouldn't even affect much of the Roman Empire. But today we live in an interconnected society. And so when one part of our world suffers, the rest of the world suffers as well. Uh, everything, everywhere affects everyone. That's the nature of our world. So it's not that we are in a better position or a worse position. It is just about being more complicated. So what does that mean for us? Well, right at this moment, we are in the midst of a pandemic. We have uh, our lives more complicated than they were uh, just a number of months ago. We can't go to the places we want to go. Uh, we can't be around the people we want to be around. We might be fearful for our health. Uh, we may be uh, uh, missing our friends. Uh, we may be afraid of losing our jobs and our financial security. We need peace. And Jesus comes to us in the midst of this pandemic and says, peace be with you. But one day, this pandemic is going to be over. One day, we're going to be able to go back into the stores. One day, we're going to be able to uh, come back to church and to be in the church building and to worship together. But even in the midst of that, we're still going to have troubles. 
there are still going to be broken relationships. There's still going to be an unfortunate diagnosis from the doctor. There's still going to be financial strains. There's still going to be all kinds of challenges that come our way. And we still will need to hear the words of Jesus. Peace be with you. We need to hear that word. The word shalom, wholeness. It doesn't mean that there's going to be a radical change in our life circumstances, that everything is going to be perfect and happy and comfortable and there'll never be a problem or a worry in the world. It's not about that. It's the same kind of peace that was offered to the disciples. A peace that surpasses all understanding. A peace that is not based in our circumstances, but is based in the resurrection of Jesus. Based in the fact that Jesus has conquered death. It reminds me of the old song, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. That was the basis of the peace of the disciples 2,000 years ago. That's the basis of the peace that we experience today. Christ is risen, and that changes everything. Now, I don't want for a moment to dismiss any of the emotions that you're feeling right now, whether it's because of the pandemic or because of your own specific life circumstances. I would never want to dismiss that. Those feelings are important. In fact, when Jesus was facing the cross and he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he expressed those feelings. Those feelings are shared throughout the Bible. Read the Psalms, read Lamentations. We are given permission to share those feelings, to feel those emotions. We can feel grief. There is nothing wrong with that at all. What this is saying is that despair does not get the final word. The final word goes to peace. Peace. Not based on our circumstances, not based on how easy things are, not based on our comfort, but based on the fact that Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus appeared to a group of scared disciples 2,000 years ago and said, Peace be with you. Jesus appears to us as scared as we are for whatever reason and speaks those same words. Peace be with you. Whatever is happening in your life right now, Jesus is offering that peace. And he has the credentials to offer it because he has beaten death itself. He has been risen from the grave. He is alive. And because of that, we have peace. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the peace that is shared with us through Jesus Christ. We thank you that the message that he gave to the disciples 2,000 years ago is just as valid for us today. We receive that peace. We trust in Jesus' victory over death. We pray, Lord, that we would live a life that reflects that assurance. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.